Bears, symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. What is happening, you pencil neck geeks? Don't you hate it when Chris calls you that? No, this week you guys are all real thick necked listeners, and we're glad to have you here. I'm uh, I'm your doctor, Doctor Tyler Lemko. Joining me, we have the lovely Annie Cruz. How are you, Annie? I'm doing good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Annie, you got yeah. a busy week. Busy, busy week. Busy life. How, how is the new job? What thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs up, man. Like I, you know, I'm. Very, very busy. To, this week has been, you know, extremely chaotic, but like, I love that shit. I love chaos. So it's like, I live for that shit. I get my dopamine from that. So enjoying it, enjoying nice. it so far. Mm-hmm. We've also got returning our, our newest co host from the RRBG podcast of his own, Mr. Eddie Torres. Eddie, how are you? Doing good, man. Just clocked out of my day job to come do this immediately. And I get my weekend started. It's my, my weekend starts today. So I'm excited to chill, do a bunch of stuff. Any big weekend plans? Yes, I'm going to Burbank. That's Huge. A, that's a <laughs> Huge. <laughs> yeah, I'm going go to go check. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I need to go do out there. So I'm going to take, take the weekend in Burbank. Very nice. <laughs> and finally, our special guest this evening, we've got uh, former fighter, current very busy businessman, uh, the awesome, the war master, Mr. Josh Barnett. How are you doing? Doing well. How's yeah. uh, you mentioned being busy with all kinds of projects. Talk to us about what you got going on these days. Well, I've got Bloodsport 7, uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 7 happening uh October 22nd here in LA at the Ukrainian Cultural Center, which strangely enough doesn't have the ability for a location tag on Instagram. You have to choose Ukrainian Art Center, which is on the second floor. I don't know. In any case, (laughs) uh, and we're building out most of that card. We have a few little matchups that we haven't settled yet, but uh, it's looking pretty damn stellar. We've got uh, talent from all over the world, talent from New Japan Pro Wrestling, GCW, uh, you name it, you know. We have former MMA fighters and everybody on the show, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu people, yeah, some Ring of Honor folks uh, from pretty much, we just, we pick the toughest, baddest people and we put them in the ring. And uh, For any of our listeners who aren't familiar with Bloodsport, can you walk us through, like, the general concept? Yeah, uh, it's easy. It is wrestling without bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it is uh it's stripped down uh, it's raw it uh makes it so it is more about the wrestlers and the wrestling and less about everything else um and being that i'm someone trained by antonio noki billy robinson and carl gotch it has to be the kind of product where i can rest at night knowing that they that like they won't be rolling in their graves well, I know he's still alive, but it wouldn't disappoint them. So for me, it is just a dial back to the thing that at the end of the day, even whether people are aware of it or they want to admit it or not, the thing that actually matters most, and that's wrestling. Uh, even even the fact that people tend to think that, uh, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter who wins or loses, but actually you do register this, even on a subconscious level. It's bullshit if you think it doesn't matter. All, the, all these copes that people try to tell themselves about wrestling, it's just a cope because your lizard brain doesn't see it otherwise. And you, whether you know it or not, subconsciously pick up on all these things. And so for my show, it is hard. I call it the hardest hitting event in pro wrestling because we are not slapping thighs. We're not doing any of that kind of stuff. We are getting right in each other's faces and letting the fist fly and showing as much as we can uh, the combat aspect of professional wrestling and just telling a story in the ring, not through vignettes, not through social media, not through, uh, you know, runabout promos or anything like that. And not that they don't have a place, but for this show, we, we, we start with wrestling first, second and third. Hell yeah, man. Do you watch, I'm curious, do you watch like the, the WWE or AEW product currently? No, no. Did you ever? 
Uh, I used to watch, I mean, I watched NWA, AWA, and WWF growing up, uh, and WCW. I watched WWE. I, well, I was still WWF. I watched the Attitude Era stuff in the beginning. Uh, I used to, I was watching it during the Monday Night Wars. Uh, but much after that, no. The only reason I, I watch it to pay attention to specific people, usually my students that are in any of these organizations. And, uh, you know, I, I have a, a, a long library. Well, I actually still have a decent library of stuff, but I, I have, I've watched tons and tons and tons of old New Japan, All Japan, Noah, and especially UWF and UWFI, Pancras, Rings, Fujiwara Gumi, and Battle Arts. So I've digested tons, like so many hours of Japanese wrestling over the years. And I come from being a New Japan pro wrestler first as, as a, a professional wrestler with you know, my mentorship and teaching, teaching from people like Inoki, Gotch, and Robinson. So I'm not of this era, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you're, you're, uh, you main, I don't know if you're main eventing, but you do have a match. I mean, I, I presume mm-hmm. it's the main event. Uh, it, well, remains to be seen. Uh, we have, seen. <laughs> have, a lo- have a lot of great matches on this card. Uh, yeah, well, it's fortunate at times when it's unfortunate for others that, they get let go by another company. And, and I say fortunate for us, not just for the fact that we get to use uh, Tiger Huas, uh, Adrian Jowd, but also because he, he and I have been much closer to each other prior to ever meeting than, than a lot of folks. And that's because of his connection to uh, Huas Valley Tudo and the fighters there. I've fought Pedro Hizo twice and I used to train uh, and coach uh, a train with and coach uh, Hanato Babalu Sobral. And just being a part of that, I also was very fortunate enough, fortunate to train under probably the person re- responsible for large, very importantly responsible for catch wrestling in Brazil, but also helped um, establish free amateur wrestling in Brazil as well, Freestyle Greco Roman, and uh, is a Patriarch to that Huas Valley Tudo team, and that was uh, uh, Master Roberto Leitao Sr., who passed away, I don't remember, I think it was last year. And so I got to train with him when I was in Brazil. Uh, Tiger Huas, very well and familiar. So for us, this match is in honor of Master Leitao Sr. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, people are excited, I think, to see this. Their, your last match at Bloodsport 6 was against Moxley, and it was a bloody mess it was incredible so, i mean uh, to me that's the most exciting match in the card aside from your name being on the event you know what i mean just from the build-up from the uh, last one. Uh, sure uh but i think the one thing you have to keep in mind is to not sleep on these blood sport cards because that what you don't know uh in terms of these matchups or these specific athletes it is really disin- disingenuous into your uh, to your 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 own failing to 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 overlook them, um, because I'm going to handpick talent from wherever I can get it, and so I'm not going to have people in there or matches put together of those that aren't going to deliver and aren't capable of delivering, because to be a part of this show, there's already a barrier of entry that pretty much excludes most of professional wrestling as it is because they just aren't they don't have the background they don't have the skill set it just it doesn't exist for them and so i have to reach out i have to search high and low to find those that are of the caliber to be in this show so if they're on my mats that's something it even their opponent it's not something you can get anywhere else it isn't replicable People have tried to copy the ever living shit out of this show, even all the way to the WWE, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not doable. Raw it's not possible. It went and the down. reason why it's not, yeah, exactly. But the reason why it's not possible, no matter who's putting the money behind it, is because they don't have me. And I know that's a very egocentric thing to say, but I'm the mastermind behind putting all this stuff together for these matchups and finding this talent. If you don't have me, plus I am the guy constructing everything in the back and forward. So if you don't have me, you don't have this. 
And uh, I don't know anybody else out there that has the background that I do in pro wrestling and fighting to construct something like this. So that said, you don't have to even know these athletes to trust that you're going to get a good show, that you're going to get something that you can't get anywhere else, and that you're going to get people that are going to go at it 100%. So I take it you weren't a fan of Raw Underground? <laughs> uh, I would say Was that it didn't, I, yeah. it didn't bother me. It actually just helped uh, advertise my product. But I just thought it was a wasted opportunity, that's all. I, I mean, I, I don't really get particularly personal about any of this stuff. So I just look and I go, oh, well, you know, this is what I would have done differently. And, and this, is, uh, this is these are the key things that they're lacking. And I just look and I go, yeah, well, you know, it's not my time, not my money. Have you thought about bringing in those weird uh, stripper girls that Shane McMahon brought with them? <laughs> I think they all have that PTSD now. Like- yeah. yeah. <laughs> that weird entrance of like it's Shane and there's a, you know, like a bouncer at the front, which is Omos. Yeah. Like just fist bump, everything cool inside. All right, bro. You got to bring that element into Bloodsport. Yeah. You know, you got to be outside <laughs> greeting everybody. We're working on it. Yeah. I haven't quite found uh, someone to be my door guy. What are you up to, Eddie? let's go i'm in (laughs) yeah man i'm excited you've brought my attention to a lot of these dudes that i hadn't really no i'm not familiar with but now i am because of you bringing them in like eric hammer like i know that's your boy and you got him up against bad dude tito who was i believe in the last card right uh yes he faced off against uh savage gentleman yeah Yes, and that was mm-hmm. a killer match too. And you know, you were mm-hmm. also bringing in Tom Lawler, who's a badass. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows MMA and pro wrestling badass. Uh, Yoya, Yoya, am I reading that right? Well, yeah, Yoya is a. He was an amateur MMA kid, uh, amateur wrestler out in Maryland, I believe. And he took on Leo Rush in Bloodsport Six. Mm-hmm. We're bringing him back for another lightweight matchup as he takes on this young uprising kid uh, who's had a lot of success in GCW named Starboy Charlie. Uh, oh, yeah. Dickinson just... really vouched for him and said that the kid's got real skills, uh, boxing and MMA skills, uh, amateur wrestler as well. So we're going to see what he can do against uh, Yoya here, who is his elder, although they're both pretty young and both very spry. Yeah, I know Dickinson was uh, <clears throat> tagging with him, uh, I believe, in GCW mm-hmm. or... Yes, I don't know. Yeah, GCW. That's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see you know Alex Alex Coughlin and and Clark Connors as well. I mean, dude, you, like you were saying, you you handpicked this talent, which is really good. But how many dudes are hitting you up, and how many dudes are you turning down that are hitting you up to be on the show? And ladies, sorry, because you do yeah, have ladies. Yeah, well. uh, I turned down most of them. To be honest, I probably <laughs> turned down 99% of people who reach out to me, and and then that other one percent, um. We stay in touch. Even if uh, I don't have anything for them immediately, I, I do try to cultivate relationships. And even the people I turn down, I, I try to give them advice. And, uh, you know, it's it's not about trying to humiliate or denigrate anybody. It's just that, you know, I know what I'm looking for. And if I ever turn out to be wrong, well, that doesn't bother me either. Because, uh, you know, I, one, one I, a guy once was super bent out of shape about it. And I just said, look, prove me wrong. Then I I would love to be wrong. If you prove me wrong, the only thing that's going to happen is, is something great. So (laughs) it doesn't bother me one bit. Um, and if it's motivation, it's motivation. Uh, but, uh, often I, I will reach out on my own and try to check the temperature of the water with, with various athletes and see what their interest is. Um, so far, it's been pretty good. COVID obviously creates quite a, a restriction, especially with the access to talent that I have in Japan that I really can't get over here. But New Japan has been a, a real boon, and working with them has helped in a lot of ways to not just have some of this U.S. talent like Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin, but to be able to access Japanese talent like uh, Yuya um, Uemura, who is uh, Nagata's boy. And, uh, you know, we're putting them right in, right into the, from the frying pan into the fire or, or however that turn of phrase goes. I don't know who uses frying pans anymore. I think everybody just grub hubs everything. So yeah, we air, we air fry everything <laughs> now, Josh. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's going to be taking on, uh, indie wrestling legend, uh, Davey Richards, who 
is someone I knew since his very beginning in, in the realm of wrestling. And he's got a collegiate wrestling background. He's been training jujitsu, MMA, all these sort of things. He even stopped in here uh, recently and did some time with me on the mats, training catch and training at CMMA. So he, he's serious. All right. I'm curious. You mentioned before, uh, like you've, you've talked about who who trained you, but you said that there's a couple people um, that you like keep tabs on who you've trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm curious, like who who comes to mind that uh, is particularly like doing cool things right now that has passed through your lineage. Oh well, number one would be Shayna Baszler, who is now on SmackDown. But, uh, yeah, I've trained her as an MMA fighter and trained her from the ground up as a professional wrestler. And in about a year and a half or so into pro wrestling, she, you know, got her into the NXT and then from NXT to WWE. So, you know, things are going well there. Tim Thatcher, uh, who is still in NXT, I believe. I've worked a little bit with Roderick Strong, who's doing cool stuff. But he's also got my student... um, Hideki Suzuki, who comes from the Billy Robinson lineage as I do. And he, to me, seeing him on the standing around is, I'm glad he's getting a paycheck, but I want to see him in the ring because that dude is massively underrated and overlooked. He is a massive, massive talent just waiting to happen. So uh, then uh, I guess, um, even though he's not in the WWE anymore, uh, he was Alexander Wolf. He's back in. Uh, Germany, I think he's going to be doing some New Japan stuff. Um, Andy Williams, who I trained as well, or one of his trainers. And, God, I mean, there's there's quite a few of them. So, Andy anyway, Williams is Marina. the butcher for, yeah. the, for the, the dudes that watch wrestling yeah. but don't listen to music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the guitar player from Every Time I Die, a.k.a. The Butcher. Yeah. That's, how I, that's how I see him. Big Butch, <laughs> Mr. Butch, Mr. Butch. He's fucking killing it. He's also in the best shape of his life right now. I don't know if you've seen him. Mm-hmm. He He's came in fantastic back from, shape. Yeah, yeah. He came back from injury, looking great. I know Shane is doing great. Uh, oh yeah, Davy Boy. Oh, uh, oh yeah, Davy Boy uh, got Davey signed. Boy, right? Davy Boy Smith Jr. Yeah, I've been training him since before he could drink. <laughs> oh man yeah he's he's signed he hasn't showed up yet though right he signed but i don't I haven't seen right him. i don't Where he has not he's not wwe wwe good for him yeah yeah so we'll see where he shows up. I I, mm-hmm. I don't. I was kind of hoping for NXT, but NXT is kind of taking a shit. And when they, with this new transition to 2.0, I'm not really a fan of right now. Uh, I, I couldn't couldn't speak on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouth. Those are opinions of my own. But <laughs> I don't like what's going on with NXT right now, and I'm kind of bummed out because I thought it was going in a good direction. You know, having the uh, Thatcher was there kicking ass and, and, you know, doing a really cool thing. And I think he got injured, which is why he's off TV. But I mean, I don't really see it fitting with, with the new 2.0 vibe, you know? Yeah. Cause they kind of, uh, they decided we're going to rebrand and then they just painted new colors on it and introduced new people, but the show's the same. It's just people we don't know as well. Yeah, that's but true. also, but also, it's like Vince McMahon is taking over, so that's why it's kind of, yeah. you know, I can, I can smell it yeah. in the air. Does your sh- Annie? Does your shirt say Hellraiser all sucks? No, it says Hellraiser Hellseeker. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, from all right. Yeah, so from the movie Pinhead. That was the last one they put out, right? Um. Oh, that's a good question because there's so many. Um. There's like is it five, the last one? I think maybe? six. And now there's like know. supposed to be like a series, supposedly. I say supposedly because I don't there's know. There's a female pinhead coming, from what I understand. So apparently wow. the last one was Judgment. Ah. Oh. Hellseeker's right. Right, right dab in the middle. Right in All the right. middle. Well, okay. Yeah. But which one's Hellraiser 3 with the. He turns the guy into with the CD player into a cell oh, yeah. <laughs> Shoot CDs out of his head. And then there was Hellraiser 4, which takes place on a space station. Yes. Oh, yeah, when they were trying to get one. all, yeah, like sci-fi. That's where I started trailing <laughs> off. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm good. When they started taking yes. horror to space, I, I couldn't handle it. There's a, space. I mean, there's like a fairly workable, interesting backstory towards all that stuff with the boxes and all that. And so I appreciated them trying to flesh more of that out, even sitting through Hellraiser in space. But uh, I find that the Hellraiser movies have really gone the path of the Phantasm movies. 
there's this really interesting, weird other element to the the whole backstory to why it is what it is. But they can't seem to get any of that shit together in a way that is really. I tried to watch Phantasm Five Ravager. And, oh, God, was, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah, no, they, 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 I, I don't know, man. I can't get into the the later films. It's always the first two, maybe three. Even you know, Freddy was great up until like what four, maybe five. Well, what's interesting with Freddy is that like. And he started Everyone, getting into syringes the con- in his fingers. The consensus is that everybody hates the second one, but they like the third. So it's always. I like, like the second one. I thought the second one was good. I can't remember the second too. one. I just know so many people shit on it. So many people shit on it. They're like, it, I which one so has syringes? Sh- oh, that's like three that's, or four. That's, that's, that's when he three. starts getting hokier. That's three. Yeah. Three is the one Yeah. Three and four are okay. They're not bad movies, but they are more camp and they start to, to establish Freddy as a bit of a pop character kind of thing. And so they draw upon more pop elements in, uh, of society at the time. Although it did happen to be, you know, metal, you got docking for dream warriors. So that's yeah. dope. But, uh, I think a lot of people shit on, uh, f- uh, nightmare on Elm street part two, because they think that that's what they're supposed to do. They heard other people shit on it. They think, Oh, this movie's bad. Well, that's I'm what a lot of people tend to do. That's, yeah. what, that's what a lot of people tend to do. They kind of fall on the wagon of like, mm-hmm. yeah, that movie sucks and blah, blah, blah. And there's, yeah. They also I don't, I just don't remember. Good too. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Really? Tell me a little bit about it. And then they can't, they, they, can't. Haven't, they yeah. haven't even seen it. They just know yeah. everyone likes it and you have to be cool. It's like you're, you can <laughs> shit on the remake. Cause you know, the remake was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. There was a Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Never saw it. Yeah, like just a few years ago where they had the actor who played Rorschach from Watchmen. Right. He played Freddy. And uh, like, he's great, but the script was kind of... Was he as, was he funny, though? Because I find Freddy Krueger, the character, is a really funny guy. Yeah, he, he got... Well, he got into comedy in the like the second and third movie. I don't, yeah. I don't remember him being fourth. funny yeah. in the remake. Freddy like wasn't remake, funny at all in the, the first beginning. one. No. Yeah, true. No, absolutely not. No, the uh, but like the remake, I think he was trying to go a little more serious. If I might remember, because I only watched it once, and I was like, "What the fuck is this garbage?" <laughs> yeah, that's when yeah, they started Jack, going. Jack all of the remakes, crazy. all the remakes were getting grittier. Like I know they did another, like a seventh remake of Leather Leatherface or Texas Chainsaw. Well, then Massacre. they started doing prequels, is what they were doing with with the Texas Chainsaw oh. one. Like, oh, when he was born, the beginning, and all that kind of stuff. He was born. Well, I saw the ones face. with Arlie Ermy, and those ones were actually pretty pretty gnarly. Uh, yeah. I thought that they did a hell of a job with those. Uh, but anything after that, I think there were two of those movies. One of them had Jessica Beale. Yeah, she was in the first, the first, uh, first run. This was like 2002 or three. She was in the, uh, the reboot, the reboot. Mm-hmm. The and the second reboot. one, the second one was more one, of a prequel. The one with, that, uh, I, I like those. Uh, I liked those too, but then they started making other ones where oh. I couldn't even tell you because I can't remember. I liked the Jessica Biel one, and I liked the one with Jer- Jordana Brewster is her name, I think, that was in like the, the prequel. But then they started making other prequels where it was just kind of like, I... <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you, you go from Jessica Biel to Jordana Brewster. I'd say that's, I mean, yeah, gorgeous gals. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, we are approaching the Halloween season, which is great. My favorite time of the year. So this is Mine good talk for that. Well. Halloween. We're talking horror movies. Halloween uh, Kills just came out, which is a, what is that? Part three of the new reboot I with think Justin it's, Jamie Lee Curtis. I think it's the th- it's the third. I think yeah, the third one is of it the, the new second ones. Or the third? I don't even. Yeah. It, it'll, I know it'll be a movie I'm not watching. So I don't really. Other, are there I good really horror movies? New, well, there's tons of good horror movies. It's just like, uh, just depends on what you want to watch. So last night I was watching uh, The Beyond by Lucille hmm. Fulci, uh, which is, uh, it, well, it's preposterous in every way. It is not what you would consider all that greatly written, but uh, it's, it's fucking new. You aren't going to, you're not going to forget it. I promise you that. I mean, they have a scene, they have this crazy overlong scene where a guy falls down off of a ladder trying to get a book on this old plans of houses and stuff from way back in the day. And he falls and now it seems you think he's dead, but no, he's not dead. He's just really stunned. And then tarantulas come from out of nowhere and then they, <laughs> they eat him. 
Okay. They like start piercing and biting his flesh and tearing it off, and it's it's going, uh what the fuck? This is you just had to do this, huh? The yeah, beyond. that's the one. not to be confused yeah. with from beyond, which is also great. Oh yeah, it's a, a, a Lovecraft story. Yep, Lovecraft. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I'm putting that's that on the my one list. uh where I believe that's the one where a scientist creates this machine that allows you to yes. see between the realms. Yep. And but when the machine's on, you you can't let you can't any of the th- you can't let any of the things know that you actually see them or something yes, like that. Yes, because they don't know that you can see them or something like that. And then when like the right. electric something happens with the electricity, and then all and then that guy that guy turns into that thing, and it's just it's gross. <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> so, Man. what would be your go-to mm-hmm. Halloween movie for this for this year, uh, aside from the Beyond? I mean, any let's go oh. for something new. Is there anything new that's good? That's considered I, horror. How, right? how new is new? I, I don't really know. I don't this watch year, new movies. Twenty twenty. No idea. I don't. I, <laughs> I haven't watched a single movie from twenty twenty. I think. I don't think I watched anything from twenty nineteen or nothing from twenty twenty one. I don't watch new movies. I don't watch television. Uh, I, I find every anything worth a shit is pretty much was made at least a decade, if not three, four decades ago. I can what agree with that. I don't, I don't watch TV either. And when it comes to horror movies, I'm always going back to the classics because everything that's made, even with like technology now, and like, you know, you look at movies from back in the day with like, um, what's the word? With, uh, with like uh, regular effects. effects. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Practicals was the word I was looking for. Practical effects and stuff like that. And then you look at stuff that's been remade or just new stuff in general. And you're just like, what is this crap? Um, Cause they think they're, they're going to make it any better. So it's like, when I look at a lot, like there's some remakes that are great, but then there's a lot where you're just like, why did you even touch that movie? So I'm always finding myself, especially around October. Cause I always, I do this 31 days of horror thing where I like watch you know, one or two horror movies a day, but I'm always watching all the old stuff. But I'll give new ones a try just for the fuck of it, but I can't really name a movie that's brand new that I've seen recently anyways that was good. And I saw Malignant, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, I, I didn't think it was the greatest. So, you know, and I didn't go to the theater for it, thankfully. I just watched it. It's supposed to be like very cheesy, like B-movie tribute, right? See, like- I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even consider it cheesy. I don't, I don't know. And it like, it's, it's kind of dark, but I just felt like I uh, actually I can see where the cheese came from now that you mentioned that now that I'm thinking of remembering <laughs> the movie. I was like, oh, wait, that was kind of cheesy. But yeah, like I when I found out that the twist or whatever, I was just kind of like, eh, yeah. Eh, well, this, this is dead th- on real quick. The original, you know, this is all leading right back to wrestling because I recommend everyone watch Escape the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. What? That's like a choose your own adventure show. Yo, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> put out a choose your own adventure movie for children starring the new day and the undertaker and it's oh bonk- it's bonkers <laughs> and the new day are probably trying to escape the undertaker i'm guessing yes 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 yeah three black do they have all their, escape their, one crazy old do they have their trombone <laughs> uh no trombone they're in like a haunted house and they're trying to steal the urn for reasons they never explain oh that's good so wait so you actually watched it i'm assuming oh yeah both I got you guys? Did you as well, Eddie? Because because I know I they did that with it. Bandersnatch, where you choose your you have to choose like you want to yeah. do this. That was actually that. pretty fun. Uh, yeah. that black 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 mirror Bandersnatch. Black mirror. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was, was actually that really was a lot cool. Of fun. So that's kind of the same concept with this show: is it choose your own adventure, but with the new day? Would you yeah. say it's good enough to watch, like just while maybe like carving pumpkins on Halloween? Well, no, you gotta be you gotta be quick on <laughs> quick on the thumbs to make oh, your decisions. That's right, because it's an action thing. All right, right, right. Never <laughs> yeah. mind. No, uh, yeah, I would not. say it's. I would say <laughs> if you watch it alone, you're gonna hate yourself. But if you watch it with friends, <laughs> you can laugh at it. You'll enjoy it. Okay. All right. Did you watch it alone, Tyler? No. <laughs> <laughs> the only uh, uh, spoiler alert, but the only good part of it is it starts with like a minute, minute, two minute. Uh, montage not montage uh, mo- like undertaker monologue and then oh. he says like are you ready and you have to either choose if you're ready or not and if you're ready then it starts but if you click that you're not ready it just rolls credits <laughs> okay <laughs> okay and every and every credit is the undertaker 
<laughs> oh Jesus! Nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I saw. I saw the trailer for that. I was like, I can't. What is happening? <laughs> Why yeah. is this happening? It's so insane. It's so not good. Any of it. Good. Um, Josh, I was uh, doing a little bit of research prior to this. I was looking at your Wikipedia page, and something interesting stuck out to me that I wanted to ask you about. Um, uh, under other endeavors, it says that. Barnett is a philosopher of violence. Oh, well, mean? I have not read my, I guess I haven't read my, my, uh, <laughs> my Wikipedia entry or my IMDb page in a while. Does that mean anything uh, to you? Yeah, no, I, I see what they're getting at. And that is because I've been on some other podcasts, uh, waxing poetically about, uh, what violence is, what role it plays in society, and that it is essentially the the bedrock of all human interaction, you know, whether you know it or you don't. Uh, and it is essentially the one currency that never goes into inflation, never loses value. Hmm. That's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. You were on with Lex Freeman, right? Mm-hmm. Was that was that one of those conversations that people should check out about philosophy? Oh, definitely not. You shouldn't bother to go and look at any of my previous interviews on any podcast. Definitely none of our rock and roll, you know, beer guy. Don't don't listen to those. Uh, I I also have talked about it on Joe Rogan's before as well. In fact, I was listening to Lex had a a guy on recently who it was all about uh, violence, and but they were using studies well this guy he was part of uh jane goodall's group and so it was through chimpanzees and and he was weighing that with uh with how current society is is structured and things like that and funny you know one of the things he brought up about chimps was a lot of how a lot of these encounters are mostly just brash posturing and things like that that they're not really or and he was just talking about animals in general. They're not all that willing or wanting generally to get into any real physical confrontation because it could end up with their death or maiming or what have you. And it's just like, I turned to my girlfriend. and was like, this is shit I said on Joe Rogan many, 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 many years ago about human beings and about bar confrontations and things like that. Most people are just looking to save face and not lose status in some way or to not seem as if they are, uh, you know, the lesser in the con- without ever having to get into a confrontation. I think part of that is because uh, we are wired not to have to get into a fight generally unless we really need to. But also it's just that, uh, you know, fights like that generally are, are hierarchical status based sort of things in a lot of ways. And so they, if they feel like they can, they can get away with having to not actually have to put up for it, then they will. So, um, you know, most bar stuff is, isn't really about even getting into a fight. And if, if you do end up in a fight, either a, that person is, you know, twisted or twisted drunk or, you did something or you responded in a way that made it seem as if you were an easy target. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I've only been in different when it, when it comes to women that uh, I don't think that any of that actually applies because women (laughs) almost never fight about anything having to do with hierarchical status ever. That's not what they do. And generally if you're a woman and you get physical with another woman, it usually downgrades you. So, Hmm. I don't start fights. I just end them. <laughs> yeah, I've been in a couple bar fights, but never like it, I wasn't in like the starter or the person that was I, I was it explodes around you and you just I guess fists are flying. I got to block and grab people and stop them. You know, that's the only bar fights I've ever been. To. I've never actually been that guy, even though I'm the beer guy and I get drunk. I n- I'm never the one to start a fight at a bar or anything. You don't pretty. seem when you're drunk. You don't seem very likely to start fights with anyone. No, uh, you're too too jovial when yeah. you've got a little little spin on you. Beer makes me happy. Yeah. Alcohol makes me happy. A lot of people gets them angry, gets them all red. Yo, you know what though? If I only drink tequila, if I drink oh, just boy. tequila, we got problems. I've heard tequila's <laughs> an upper. Yeah, it pisses me off. I don't know what it is, man. I got kicked out of a restaurant once. Just because I was, I drank an entire bottle of eighteen hundred. 
Good and, lord. Yeah, it was not. Well, uh, you, you also drank. You didn't even drink shitty tequila. tequila. You, drank, you drank mixed though. Yeah, it was shitty. It was really shitty. Silver, eighteen hundred, not good. And, and uh, huh? And mixed or straight? No, just straight with ice. And uh, yeah, we went to a restaurant, and then I by mis- I was joking around with my buddy, and I like went to throw some of my beer on him just to splash him. Just a little bit, because that's oh a good idea God. when you're that drunk. <laughs> and uh, I went like this, and I missed completely, and hit a couple that was behind us. Oh. And the dude stands up like, "What the fuck, bro?" I'm like, "Hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm drunk a little. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll buy your dinner." He's like, "I don't want your fucking money." I'm like, "Well, let's fucking go then." <laughs> and just like, <laughs> just flipped the table, and that's when they, I got kicked out. And then I, I never, I don't drink tequila anymore. Uh, straight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but anyway, let's let's go. You, let's talk a little bit more about what you got going on, Josh. You had you you know we just you just announced the w- return of the Warmaster Burger at Grilla Mall in Alhambra. Yeah, so um, I had a couple bottles sent to Grilla Mall uh, a couple weeks ago, so that they can make the uh, well, they use my Warbringer blended mesquite smoked bourbon to make the barbecue sauce for it, and uh, yeah, people are already putting all kinds of lewd and lascivious comments under my posts on, on hamburgers, but I don't blame him because it's a sexy bitch. <laughs> so uh, I'll break it down for people. I mean, you got your sauce that you just mentioned. You got fried pickles. You got mm-hmm. ghost pepper, jack cheese and candied jalapeno bacon and cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. My, uh, my sort of homage to the Seattle street dog, which is, like an all beef or a, or a kielbasa or, you know, a brat. And then you throw it on a hot dog bun with a smear of cream cheese. And then you top it off with grilled onions, usually Walla Walla sweets. You do jalapenos or what have you. And that is fucking fantastic because that hot dog or brat or whatever, that cream cheese is on there. It just starts melting around the dog itself. And it just makes it savorier, uh, just really savory and, and, Delicious. Yeah, is that what the Seattle? Sorry, what was that? No, no. I was saying people underestimate the the cream cheese. Oh yeah, is mm-hmm. that like a Seattle staple? Mm-hmm. That's what a Seattle street dog is. So if you're out and about, uh, wandering out of the bars late at night or stomping around uh, downtown Seattle, maybe maybe they might even have guys doing it up in uh, uh, Capitol Hill as well. But that's what they serve. That's the way it's done. Oh wow! I was just there like a couple months ago. How funny! What's the what's the best City specific late night snack that you've encountered? Uh, I do. Me and Eric Hammer have a real penchant for uh, shawarma or also called like kebabs or whatever, especially when we're in Europe. Like, oh, mess us up. I will see a kebab shop or whatever, and it was like, keep that in the back of your mind because you know if you're drinking, you're going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> we just annihilate those things. God, so freaking. How many good. skewers can you go through in one sitting? No, 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 no. That's not that kind of kebab. Oh, this okay. is basically the same. At, think think uh, euros, but not a euro. Yeah. It's, oh, a little, okay. it's different in the way they spice the meat, uh, wrapped in pita bread, filled full of all kinds of stuff, using garlic sauces and. Uh, uh, chili, chili sauce, and all kinds of, sh- and just smashing, you know, some two-pound baby seal in your face at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Yeah, nice. Well, man, I we mean, love uh, we, We've had this burger before, as like I said, mm-hmm. it was the re- it's the return. We, you did it for the last Bloodsport. Now they're doing it again for Bloodsport Seven. They're going to be showing the pay per view. If you guys want to go get a burger and watch the show. Uh, if you have uh, specials on Trooper beer cans as well, which is a nice, uh, it is a nice pairing. It's a, it's a lager, I believe. Yeah. goes I well with it. Beer. And uh, I've also, I've had the burger three times, I think. One time I did it with the behemoth buns. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. For those that don't know what that is, that's grilled cheese sandwiches as buns. Yeah. Oh that my God. <laughs> That was too much. I still made it happen, but that was too much. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Gorilla Mall is insane if you guys haven't been there. They do a lot of wrestling theme. All their burgers are wrestling themed. And they're paired with a band, which is kind of cool. It's like the Samoa Joe and something else. You know, like they'll they'll do those pairings. It's kind of neat. Plus, have it's you guys the metal music the whole time. Yeah. And watch wrestling. They have wrestling on the TV almost all the time. If They do like Raw and SmackDown and all that if you're into that or AW or whatever. 
but dude, I, I I I did a live the first uh the first one we did with the burger. I did a live podcast there. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake. Well, there's that element, but <laughs> also the element of me shoving that in my face while trying to do a live podcast and commentate on the wrestling that's going on, <laughs> on the show. Yeah. And our, their internet kept coming in and out, and people were walking by, like, oh, what are you guys doing? I'm like, just a live show, no big deal. <laughs> it was a mistake. Never do that again at Grill Mall. But maybe if it's like, you know, outside on a stage or something, you know what I mean? That would be kind of mm. cool. As a presentation, as opposed to just me hanging out at Grill Em All. <laughs> um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about these matchups, man. You got Marina Shafir. I see her on the list, but I know she. You you announced the matchup for Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. She's taking on Masha Slamovich. So there you got go. uh, some young, tough Russian women clashing in the ring. So you just know. In fact, uh, all I got to do is just you know I tell them it's over a piece of bread and they'll, they'll kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so you also have killer kelly and uh, uh we did have killer kelly killer oh. kelly unfortunately is going to have to take an injury hiatus from wrestling but we do have la native zeta zhang mm. uh who is going to step in there and match off against uh kzt karen tran the brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt uh zeta zhang fought amateur mma and has trained in jiu-jitsu and I did not plan to have the Russians fight and then the Asians fight. It wasn't. <laughs> it was not by design. But, uh, but either way, yeah, we've got. <laughs> we have, uh, you know, four very very tough ladies uh, of various disciplines, and they're going to get in there. And I know they're going to give it their all. Masha was in Bloodsport Six, and she took on Allison K, which or uh, uh, yeah, Allison Allison K. So. Uh, that's a, a top-ranked opponent right there to go in there and go go toe-to-toe with. I know we've talked about it before, but like you, you present, presenting like a title situation. I know you did it for for the women. You had a trophy, right? Yeah, uh, like a we just did a one-night tournament, and so right. that's that was uh, Bloodsport Three in Indianapolis. We'd like to do another one uh, if we can you know, set some scheduling for it. Okay. But is there any plans to like eventually make the belt happen? Like some kind of championship, no. something that'll no. I can take home. There, no, <laughs> no. Uh, there's no point to do a belt for Bloodsport because to ensure that I can have everybody return and be a part of these shows is there is no guarantee. Not to mention people are working all over the place. I'm not gonna have uh, a champion of, of my show go out there and uh you know have a, a bad look on another not that i would expect them to but you just never know so for us i think it's best to to stick with maybe building up to a tournament and that that is my that is my plan to build up to a one-night tournament and of course the winner will will get some sort of prize but uh as far as like walking away and calling themselves you know the champion of blood sport well no that's not going to happen but uh <laughs> but but then again, I mean, do we need more belts? I mean, most of the major organizations have what seems to be far too many as it is. Yeah. And what's another belt in a in a sea of of wrestling promotions? I, I figure all cr- we can create something that has as much as much prestige as as winning a belt, and being that it's us even carrying that little extra weight. Yeah, I, it it looks a little crazy <clears throat> when when they have people walking out with like seven belts. Like boxing's some, you know very famous for this, but it's happening in wrestling now. With people like Kenny walking out with four four belts, and the the oh, Lucha oh. Bros have four belts. You know, like what the fuck? It's too much. It I, I starts don't know. To... <laughs> well, uh, all I know is if uh, you know, for us, it's just uh, if you can go through that one night and come out on top, then uh, I don't think there's any belt out there in the world that you have to contend with. I miss that. I miss the same night tournaments. Yeah. You know, I like the, the, what they're doing now is they do these tournaments, but it's throughout like a month, you know, and I, yeah, want they stretch night. it out. Right. Yeah. And something, I mean, there's, there's benefits to doing uh longer grand prix formats like that, but I love the one night tournament as well. You know, we got them all in, in this place all at one time to make it happen. Yeah. 
I know G1's happening right now, and it's the same type of deal. There's like a tournament system with points or whatever. But I think it uh, should well, end, end with like yeah. a, a one-night tournament too. That would be cool. Uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, with the G1, that's not really possible because the structure of how that's ran is it's it's not a tournament. It is – or maybe it could be considered a tournament, but it's not bracketed. It's done right, via it's point system, and there's blocks. And so you have to – it's basically um, what is considered round robin. And you do the same sometimes in, in wrestling, uh, amateur wrestling. You'll figure out um, – you, know, you, you get these groups together, and then the way the person's determined who wins it is by points throughout the round-robin series or through victories. But victories would equal points, too. So with that point system uh, and the G1, it the only way it can really be put together uh, is to do single matches at the end. Hmm. All right. Do you have something, Tyler? No, I'm oh. I was gonna say, is there is there any current talent? I know you're a big proponent of like, you know, if they want to come at you to come at you. I see it on mm-hmm. Twitter, you know. But is there any talent out there that's considered, you know, uh, like the bigger names that you see on TV and trending on Twitter and whatnot? Is there anyone there that you would consider bringing on if it ha- if there was no red tape and that's somebody you want to work with? Oh, lots. Uh, it's just a lot of it has to do on their own willingness. Because we're as much as we have a big presence, we're a small show. So you know, people will be like, "Oh, Brian Danielson." I go, "Well, I've known the guy forever. Uh, we're also from Washington State. He's got my number. So if that's something he wishes to do, I'll make it happen." But it would take their want to do it. I don't think I can actually. I, I, I don't think I can adequately present them anything financial that would make them even want to bother generally it's just i find uh, just, that's an interesting trend in, in wrestling lately though that guys sort of are doing the things they want to do more than needing to fulfill contracts and just make as much as possible case in point you had you know the last one had moxley like he's a guy who uh, was champ at the time. what's that he was champ at the time right when he went to aw uh when he went to Bloodsport, or was he gonna uh, be I don't, don't know if if he had a belt. The only one I I think at that time would have been the uh, New Japan North American title. I think he uh, was AEW champ when he was scheduled to fight you, but uh, he had that injury. He had to back away. Uh, yeah, the staff infection in his elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, well, but see, that's the thing. You know, Moxley, uh, John was at our first show, and he said to the promoter, Brett, he goes, that's, you know, this is on my bucket list. So there you go. And if I know other wrestlers, I've, I've actually spoken to quite a few notable names. Some just uh, couldn't be worked out for this show, but they are, they are interested and they want to be here. And, and I know it's, it's not, uh, it's not the same as being able to, uh, to look at your bank account afterwards in the same manner. But, um, the one thing I can offer is that I can offer an experience, a show and an opportunity that nobody else can in a way that nobody else can. And so that, that's basically my pitch to people uh, to <laughs> do freebies for me, that and hand jobs. I mean, well, uh, I got to sweeten the deal one way, but yeah, nobody ever takes me up on it. At least <laughs> Brian Danielson all the calluses would be a- on my hands. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think Brian Danielson would be a good fit. And I think lately, you know, he's going up. What, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, everyone, uh, Suzuki versus Danielson on YouTube on a dark match is a little weird to me. That should be a main event. Am I wrong? Well, it could be the main event of whatever the YouTube thing is. It's not. It's a pre-show for Rampage. Yeah, they're, they're well, doing weird. It's That's a weird. I don't know. <laughs> well, look at it this way. Um, if you really thought about who what has the most reach, TNT or YouTube. Potentially, yeah. And you can put it on uh, TV and then put the clip on YouTube. I don't know. That was a little. I, I don't know. Maybe this is also something that satisfies their what they think is an international audience being able to tune in. You know, right. their rationale is beyond me. Um, but I wish this was a match in Bloodsport, not in AEW. But you know, power to them. I'm sure they'll have a great show. 
I think he can do. I think he'd be into doing Bloodsport, and I think you know you've had Suzuki before. I mean, you could make that. Oh, Suzuki's happen. sure. Suzuki, it would be would be great. The guy's a, a brother essentially, but Danielson, I couldn't say. That's true. I'd like yeah. to think he would want to do it, um, but you know, and you and you Suzuki, know. you're both Gotch guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Suzuki was uh, trained under directly under Gotch for quite a bit. I got to train under him a little, but we're both come from the same lineage essentially as well. Um, because even my uh, two coaches, uh, Matt Hume and Eric Paulson, all trained under guys that trained under Gotch, right? It'd be it Sayama or Funaki or yeah, I mean, it's just the got the Gotch. Um, bloodline is just so inundated amongst all these all these these fighters and wrestlers absolutely he's on the card right i, I saw him you know, suzuki is on the card yes yeah, he's, <laughs> I you're talking gosh that one that might yeah that's gonna be the main event gotch and yeah. suzuki no, just... scooby-doo <laughs> some sort of scooby-doo wrestling event at this point that's yeah. not Carl Gotch. That's just Vince oh. Russo. I'd have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling in Bro. punks. But yeah. Um, um, yeah, Minoru Suzuki's on the card, and uh, you know he's everywhere right now. So why wouldn't he be? <laughs> he's in a U.S. tour, man. That's great. Yeah, he is. He's he's getting the most out of it, and an opportunity for so many people that have never got a chance to see him, and who knows if they'll ever will uh, again to watch Minoru wrestle live. Yeah. Also, the workers, man, the dudes that he's working with. I mean, I see their posts and they're all like, I can't believe this is happening to my life right now. I get the chance to face the king, you know, because he doesn't come out here that often. So it is a no, he doesn't. unique time but right now. He must be taking it easy on him because they're able to actually tweet afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did what? Janela recently, right? Everybody, and he cut a promo saying he was going to die. Or if he died, it would be fine if it was Suzuki who killed him or so something like that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I don't. Uh, the fallout of that was, you know, Dickinson got in there and called him out, and I know that they're going to go at it in New Japan uh, this weekend. So, yeah, uh, the blood is up uh, for those two. So I can only imagine how that's going to turn out. It's it's going to be a hell of a match, and and Dickinson is is just keeps getting better and better and stronger and stronger. Uh, he makes fairly regular trips out here to train under me, and I mean train. I mean he's in MMA practice with everybody. Nice. Oh yeah. You got anything cool. else? What's like the? What is? I understand the the. It's all combat sport related, but what makes ex MMA fighters such good wrestlers all the time? There, I would actually say that 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 doesn't usually translate. No, uh, most of them don't make good <laughs> wrestlers at all. Um, there are. Well, there's, there's a whole lot more people that have had that experience at this point that are now coming around and coming of age that, that, that perhaps that they'll start a wrestling career. You know, like a, you got Anthony Henry, um, uh, Matt Mikowski, uh, even uh, Yoya. But, uh, and, and it all varies. I mean, at one point it was like, well, you like had Sonya Deville. But, you know, Sonya Deville and, and these other girls, I mean, these other wrestlers often were like, they did amateur MMA you know, for a minute, which is still pretty, you know, useful towards a wrestling career because just because you had two or three fights, maybe that means you've also been in the ring, been in the gym training for who knows how long, and you had three training camps. And these are all really valuable things towards developing yourself as an athlete. It really takes you a lot further along than without, but now we're actually even starting to get some ex pro guys, but I still think that MMA, while it gives all the foundational elements of the fighting and combat aspects, but wrestling is more than that. And that's where it gets lost. Plus, I think a lot of people, what they think wrestling is, and the idea that they have in their head, the bias from it, really poisons their ability to actually perform within it. You know? So, um I don't know. I don't know that being an MMA fighter actually is a, uh, makes you a good wrestler, uh, but I'm willing to be proven wrong. I, I agree with you, actually, because I've seen some of the big guys that come up, like Kane, or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see them struggling with work punches. 
I think they're overthinking them, you know, because they're like, I know if I hit him for real, I'm going to kill him. Mm. So I got <laughs> definitely a lot of overthinking when it comes to selling. They're yeah. usually terrible. And then they, you know, it's so easy also to get wrapped up in the uh, sort of like Arthur Murray. Well, actually, that would be better. They'd be way better off for that. The trouble yeah. is they get caught up in this Arthur Murray, uh, you know, pattern choreography dance steps that you know most all wrestlers do so then they think that oh this is what you do to pro wrestle and it's like well no, <laughs> no actually you don't have to do it that way at all you can that that's a complete false concept and in fact you doing that will come off way less natural than you just doing what you always do and you know to be perfectly honest a lot of you know wrestlers out there that nowadays they look totally unnatural in everything that they do as well because it's choreography and it shows because there's no there's no it's like if watching someone on screen say the lines and you don't believe them at all yeah you you can tell they've just they're just reading it in their head yeah Uh, right they're just going from yeah it, it looks like uh like they're, they they become so trained at uh, something specific that they forget the point is for it to look like a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, it's like uh, I came across a clip of uh, Ricky Steamboat versus um, uh, Rick Rude. And while they're not out there doing a shoot match, but it looks like this shit is real the you know someone ducks a punch or a clothesline they they duck it like someone's in the middle of a fight and they they saw it come and ducked it not the guy draws his arm 10 feet back swings it over his head and slow yeah. so they, it's just like none of that you know all like of it's a sudden, all time sm- right you're smashing this guy mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you throw this absolutely shit you know, throwing a football with your left hand, right punch. And it's just like, what the, what? of course I know <laughs> he's not going to get hit with that. You, in fact, you threw it over their head. They didn't even have to duck it. It's bullshit, yeah. you know? And so I remember being in new Japan and there's like, oh yeah, you throw a clothesline you, you throw, if you're, if you're throwing something and they're going to duck it and you throw it over their head, you're going to get fucked. You're going to chew you that they're going to be so pissed. Do not let that happen. Like done. So, um, watching this match and you go, this is professional wrestling. This is some of it at its best. And this is right on the money, man. Nobody is, is, is way out of position. No one's standing around waiting for anything. And it looks amazing and it really draws you in. And it's like bad CGI in a movie ruins your suspension of disbelief. I think it's the same thing when you aren't out there operating with a hundred percent intention and instead, you're just going through the dance steps, saying, you know, figuring I got to be in the corner at this moment because he's going to do this thing, and then I got to wait for him. It's like if I got to wait, I'm gone. And I got, and I, I, I would tell people in wrestling, uh, uh, hey, if you turn your back on me and start goofing around, I'm going to get up and beat your ass. Like I'm not going to sit there for you. I'm not going to lay around. I'm not going to just. It's not happening. If you want me to sell, you better make it. You better make it real. Now, could you give me a little inside baseball on the uh, forearm on the face for the pin? Forearm on the face for the pin? I've seen a few people after ah, they're going for the pin well, they press their forearm yeah, yeah, on the yeah, face. Yeah. It seems like they're pit, like pissed. Like I don't know. No, punishing I mean, it could seat. be. It could be. <laughs> well, one one idea is that if you put the forearm on the face, it is pinning the head in place, and if they're looking. Whichever direction they're looking, that's the only way that they could technically turn and bridge, mm. right? So you can only you can if once your head's turned all the way one direction, you can't go the other way, right? There is no more range of motion unless it's you know since we're on this horror element, unless you're you know what's her face in The Exorcist, Linda Blair, <laughs> right. then you can get away with whatever you want. But um, the pinning the head one direction ensures that they can only bridge one direction, which you could of course used to try and stop their bridge get that pinfall the other thing it could be is just in catch you know putting the forearm bone on the jaw causes pain it pins their head to the floor you know it could be a matter of that but you know, i think one thing to always keep in mind when you watch pro wrestling is that there's a ton of stuff being done in it where people forgot what it really was and it's been taught in an incorrect way or in a, or a way that doesn't remember itself to so many people for so many years that the people teaching it have they don't even know 
what's real about it. They don't know why they don't understand how it's really used. And so you'll come across stuff and you might ask them, like, no, you just, but, the, but there is a real reason behind it. It's just lost to them, not to all of us. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, if there, you know, for any, uh, for any fans out there who want to see some real professional wrestling, some professionals wrestle, Check out Josh's blood sport. Josh, what do you got to plug? Tell us about the event. Remind us where it's at, when it's happening. It's uh, October 22nd, which is not this Friday, but next Friday. It'll be at the Ukrainian Cultural Center on Melrose Avenue. Um, this is blood sport seven. We have Minoru Suzuki will be competing at it. We have Masha Slamovich versus uh, uh, Marina Shafir. We got... Yoya versus Starboy Charlie. We got Tom Lawler versus Alex Coughlin. Um, we got Royce Isaacs is on this card. We got Eric Hammer versus Bad Dude Tito. That's basically a, uh, an L.A. Orange County fight kind of thing. Uh, we've got um, KZT versus Zeta Zhang, uh, former NXT talent there as well. Uh, we have myself versus Tiger Huas in a match in honor of uh, Master Roberto Leitao Sr. And uh, we have we have Davy Richards versus uh, Yoya Uemura. So cool. and we have a few more matchups to announce here shortly. But uh, that's that's the long and short of it for the most part. The other thing we'll be doing is I will be setting up donation boxes for uh, Yoshihiro Takayama, who is recovering from an injury in the ring. Uh, which which left him paralyzed, but he is making really incredible strides. And uh, he's a dear friend of mine and a very close friend of uh, Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki has been doing collections everywhere he goes, and I'm jumping in on this to help him out. So I'm putting up collection boxes so that we can take as much money as we can gather for Takayama-san and uh, you know, help with his medical costs. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Everyone should check out Bloodsport 7. If you're in L.A., make sure to be there. Josh, where can the people find you? Where should they should they follow? Uh, I'm at Josh L. Barnett on Twitter and on Instagram. And also, joshbarnett.com will lead you to about anything important, especially my merch, among other things, which is the most metal in all of fighting and pro wrestling by fucking far. <laughs> and we've got uh, a Josh Barnett official, which is my Facebook page for, I guess, all of you that watch us that are over 40. But <laughs> um, uh, we'll, uh, well, the show, uh, you can get the tickets on Eventbrite for Bloodsport 7, but you can also watch it on Fight TV, which is seems like where everything is located these days, which makes it super handy. And um, yeah, go check out that Warmaster Burger at Gorilla Mall. Have yourself a trooper if you want. But if you were if you were lucky enough for Eddie to say drop by and leave one of his uh, his his uh, loggers from Box and Hops, oh, that yeah. would be an incredible pairing as well. They, these things are delicious as shit. <laughs> yeah, they are really available. Good. I think they still have a few. They're really good. Thank you, man. I appreciate very that. good, very good beer. I enjoyed slugging them down. I really did. They were great. They're easy to drink, man. Four percent. I wanted people to just chug it. So, uh, yeah, but great thank beer. You, thank you for saying that. And yeah, guys, Bloodsport7.eventbrite.com for tickets. Also, Fight TV. Josh, you know, thank you once again for your time. Mm -hmm. Thanks for coming on the so, show. Sorry, Dickinson wasn't here. I'm sure he was off getting his pump on. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's staying with you. <laughs> No, not at the moment. No, no, but he will be here. Uh, yeah, I'll be seeing him next week. And uh, yeah, I got a little setup in the backyard. Not a sex dungeon. Come on, Annie. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> and uh, it's it's my little workout, my little torture dungeon of sorts. And so, you know, I've got resistance bands, uh, some dumbbells, weight vest, this freaking what a friend of mine once referred to as the demon bike from hell but it's an air bike right so you had the airdyne this one's a on a rogue bike and yeah it can make your life miserable but you know through through all these little implements of of, of pain and, and and torture you can you can build yourself a, a serious fighting machine so yeah we we go through it hell yeah cool. eddie where can the people find you at RRBG podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the things. 
Got a lot going on. Uh, just catch me on Rick Ingram talks to strangers on the Comedy Store, uh, you know, podcast network right now. If you go to Apple, uh, I was one of their guests, and I tell a lot of crazy stories. If you want to check that out, but yeah, go to RRBG Podcast for all the new episodes and uh, everything else that's going on with me. Absolutely, check out Eddie. Annie, what's happening with you? Uh, just go to anniecruz.com is the easiest way to find me. Anniecruz.com, A-N-N-I-E-C-R-U-Z. Click on social media that has all my links. My Twitch channel is on there, my Twitter, my Instagram, all the things. That's the best way to find me. There you go. I'm at T. Lemko on all the things. We are missing our our compatriots. Josh Martin is uh, Josh Martin comic. Chris Burns, Chris underscore, please. Make sure to follow WrestleFPod on Twitter, WrestleFetish on Instagram. And now the sign-off's going to be super, super awkward since Annie's the only one who knows it. But the host always says, stay horny. And then there's a long, awkward pause. And then they say, for wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>